Hi, welcome to the Business Class ESL Breakroom. We're a company of passionate language trainers and coaches. We're here to share ideas, to improve our skills, and strengthen the training community. Come in for some inspiration, leave with tips to apply to your sessions today. Hi, our guest today on the Business Class ESL Breakroom is Tracy Gray, and I can assure you we are in for a treat. If you go to tracygray.com, you will see she is an actor, a performer, a communication coach, and I can testify to all that and more. We met as fellow business ESL trainers in Germany once upon a time, and I'm pleased to use the word that many have and do use to describe her, a doer. I've seen Tracy lead jazz bands, start businesses, and organize extraordinary happenings. But today we're calling upon her unique skills as a vocal coach um, and communication coach. Tracy actively coaches corporations around Europe, including France, in presenting themselves and has been in strong demand since the pandemic. So who better to give us language trainers some pointers on how to be more effective in front of our Tracy trainees? <laughs> Welcome, Tracy. Thanks, Sue. Nice to see you and speak Great to you, Sue. Yeah. If it is across the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I hope the sun is shining uh, in uh, your uh, city here in Frankfurt. We have beautiful blue skies, even if it's only minus four. Oh, we're jealous. We've got grey as usual here. Yeah, um, we've got blue skies. Um, but the, the cold weather I, I noticed coming um, here today is keeping everyone indoors, where, of course, they are no doubt, as you and I, um, in front of a screen trying to go about their daily daily life as it now is. Exactly. And that is why we've asked you here, because we all find ourselves in front of a screen. Yeah. <laughs> Long days, long days. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, a completely new world, uh, one that I I have to admit it, I um, I rejected it. So when we went into the first lockdown, I ref and the talk was of doing this online and that online, I said, no, 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 I'm not doing that. I'm not just, no, no, I'm not doing that. I'm going to wait. I'll, I'll just wait. It'll be over soon. Uh, it didn't take long. It took until about June May even, before my clients were knocking at my door saying, so we're working on Teams, we're working on WebEx, we're working on Zoom, can we, can we hook up? And I had to get over this, yeah, this objection within myself and do it. And uh, to be honest, this really shouldn't have been such a big thing. I'm trained as an actress. I've been in front of a camera a lot in my life. Um, the hardest part for me was I coach and train on a very individual level. I like to adapt and sway the core of what I'm coaching to the individual situation of the coachee. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't see how that could work if we weren't in the room together. Mm-hmm. I can see that. And so, yeah, that was the first thing I had to get over and then um, work out how to do that. And for me, the big discovery there was um, what I'm now calling, I guess, um, virtual presence. Virtual presence. I yeah. like the sound of that. Like my discovery, um, which uh, was, yeah, 
came out of this, this having to jump over my own shadow. Mm -hmm. So um, when I then joined my clients online, um, I realized very quickly that although we had some goals for the coaching, um, what was much more needed was the ability to be present in this little window that we see each other in. Um, some of my clients, if I had a, a group at a company, some of them had the cameras off. Um, some of them had them on, but you know, you're looking at the ceiling and you're seeing the top of their heads. Um, there was no thought to how they sounded and how they looked. And I, I, I very quickly went back to them and said, look, maybe we need to adjust the goals right now um, and, and work on this first. Because if this is how you guys are doing business, I don't see this as, as, as positive for your company. None of you would want to appear like this in a meeting room. Mm -hmm. so why is it okay to do it because we're online? It's almost like, especially at the beginning, everyone was, was like, um, well, this is new. Nobody's very good at it. We expect it to break down. And so it was almost okay to be bad at it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, it's now 2021. We're all still at home. And beyond 2021, we're all still going to be home because even if we can go to the office, this is not going away. We're going to be doing a lot more communication in this, in this way. Mm. And so we need to be good at it because I, it's, not, it, it's not a new thing to say communication is 60% tone of voice and body language. They, they, these are statistics that we've known for years. Right. Well, Body language is now extremely limited because we have the screen and we only see a certain amount of our bodies. And um, then we have tone of voice. Right. So suddenly this element has been magnified. It's so much more important. It's like the last frontier. <laughs> it's the last frontier. And still people are only really focused on what they're saying. And yeah, I'm experiencing um, conflicts within uh, some of my clients' companies because literally somebody has said something in a meeting, often camera off, um, without thinking about what they're communicating. Mm. Maybe they thought about what they said, but they didn't think about what they actually transmitted in the communication. Mm -hmm. And so that awareness needs to grow. Um, and of course, if you're a trainer, <laughs> um, every instruction you give needs to have that awareness. Because um, when, when we say something, we, we need to speak with purpose. That's basically it. We need to think mm -hmm. need to speak with purpose every time we say something. Um, this, is what an, this is what an actor does. You know, when we want to move the audience to feel something or think something or even just to believe that those lines belong to them. Um, if we have the line, um, I don't know, we just want to say, I was hungry. How about that? I was hungry. If we're going to say it in order to persuade someone to feed us or convince someone that was the reason why I did something or to encourage them to eat with me or motivate them to cook, or just make the announcement that I'm hungry, or you want to blame someone that because you're hungry, or excuse yourself because you're hungry, or defend yourself. Every one of those 
purposes for communication will change the tone of your voice. Mm, of course. So you're really clear mm-hmm. on what your purpose is. So I don't need to coach people on how to change their voice to sound like they're defending themselves or sound like they're motivating someone. If you're clear in your mind what your purpose is, that's what will come out. Mm. And taking notes, these are great nuggets. <laughs> and so uh, too often, um, I say we, we as coaches, we as colleagues, we as parents, we as people, we start talking before we are aware of our purpose for the communication. And this is obviously not only useful in avoiding conflict and misunderstanding. Um, George Bernard Shaw famously said back then, the biggest single problem in communication is the illusion that it has taken place. Um, um, this not only helps in that instance but of course it is so much more effective if we're coaching online if we're training somebody online the coachee understanding what it is they want us to do quickly helps with the energy that gets lost in this online communication. We can't sit in a room with someone. We can sit in, a, I can coach for three hours in a room. I can't do that online. Yeah. It has to be far more effective. I had to pick my words, keep it concise and be purposeful in the way I say something. That way I say time. Talk, coach talking time, of course, goes down. Mm-hmm. The energy goes down. Um, that's used to communicate something and we can get on with what it is I want the coachee to understand or to 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 do um and it just it's just simpler it's the stress levels are lower and um there's more time for something else um which is silence mm-hmm. but also do not allow um willingly um in the room and again i'm talking now about the virtual room and the real room there's a it's the scariest thing to do is to allow silence to exist because oh my gosh anything could happen in that silence yeah and yeah and there's 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 an anxiety but if you allow silence if you allow room for reflection and and sensing you'll get so much more from your coaches because it gives them the space to give you something back. That is beautiful and absolutely mirrors what I've been learning and developing and training and learning um, a new form of coaching language, neuro language training, but it's all about the silence is very powerful. And if we're brave enough to allow for it, absolutely, the learners need to think. And yeah, we need- don't time for it yeah yeah often in the classroom again sometimes just to fill the silence and make it make us appear more dynamic and motivating we'll explain something possibly three to four different times using different language to try and reach different people in the way they receive messages or the way they they um they understand you which can't obviously has its merits, 
um, if you only have a short amount of time, you only have 40 minutes online, um, if, if the teacher is going to spend that much time explaining or communicating something, the actual site time for production mm-hmm. for the student to achieve something is seriously limited. So you're reducing the quality of your coaching enormously. Mm-hmm. I do often script what I want to use mm-hmm. and what I want to say. I do that by speaking it. So I record myself just on my phone. Oh, great idea. I just record myself on my phone, listen back. How did that sound? If I just got that instruction, how did that sound? Could I be much more af- efficient with the, my words? Mm-hmm. Um, does it sound like I'm trying to convince them? Because that's my purpose. I want to convince them that this is the next. So often uh, the work I do because it's voice, mm-hmm. um, it requires a lot of courage some of the things I ask people to do. It puts them Mm -hmm. outside of their comfort zone. But that's, of course, where progress happens. And so um, quite often uh, the purpose of of my instruction is to encourage and motivate them to try something. Mm -hmm. And this is is a problem. Then I might use too much language to try and make it sound fun. and, Mm -hmm. And before I know it, I've been talking 10 minutes and they haven't even started the exercise. And there's a great parallel to language learning because people get nervous and shameful for trying yeah. new sounds that sound funny to them. It's the same idea. That- exactly. Now, what I've noticed with um, the online coaching, there's a big bonus. Microphones, um, microphones can go on and off. Cameras can go on and off. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's much more effective if cameras are on and we have the visual. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going to ask a coachee of mine to do something that is going to maybe make them feel a little uncomfortable because I'm going to ask them to do something big with their voice or something they wouldn't normally do with their voice, something maybe that might make them feel like they're being childish or stupid. Great, everybody's got their microphones off. And actually the the courage levels have grown and it's wonderful. And so I try to make the uh, instruction simple Mm -hmm. and, and clear. Mm-hmm. I'd like you to all say the text that I've given you. I've given everyone three sentences. And I would like you to say it in a voice as high as you can. Give it a go. And just with my my voice and, and my face, which is the only thing they've got, really, really try to encourage them to do it. Now, if I was in the room, I would probably say, give it a go. No, really, it's fine. It's going to be so much fun. And I would say other motivating things. There's, there's no time or space for that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I can see they're trying it and sometimes they're not. Um, then to make them feel like I'm not watching them, I will often actually stand away from my camera. Mm-hmm. I can see them, but they don't see me. Uh-huh. It's different to me turning off my camera. They know I'm there, but they don't feel like they're being watched. These are fantastic tips. So I'll move out of the screen. I can still Mm -hmm. see them all on my screen. I can watch them and observe. And then, so that they really don't feel like they're being watched, my keyboard is somewhere else, and I'll write in the chat what the next exercise is. And I can watch them move to the next exercise. But they don't feel observed. They don't feel, they feel like, they've got the space again, the Mm -hmm. silence and the space to try this out for themselves. 
And then uh, maybe I'll write another one in the chat. Mm-hmm. And then you can see them reading it and then they, they're trying it. And we're, we're so much more into production Absolutely. rather than me giving instructions and instructions and instructions. Um, and then, of course, I'll say, okay, so anybody ha- have anything to share regarding what, what happened there? Yeah, depending on the size of the room. If I have 20 people in the room, I'll ask people to write a word in the chat. Mm-hmm. If I've got eight people in the room, I'll, I'll ask someone to share how they felt. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's just uh, this, this presence. So the voice is really instrumental in that encouragement. Um, now, if we're in a meeting situation and we're encouraging people to speak English in a business situation, it's the same. Um, we don't need a lot of words to say what we want to say. We can use quite simple language. But again, if we're purposeful in what we want to communicate, mm-hmm. like I said, we go back to I'm, I was hungry. If, if we're purposeful in knowing what we want to say, you'll find that people's intonation actually is then more correct than if they just focus on the words and say the words. Now, when we're teaching language, although I, I don't do that as much, I do a lot of pronunciation coaching. Mm-hmm. Of course, rhythm of language is a massive part of being able to understand someone. Absolutely. And and if, more. If, but if, if you actually encourage your coachee to think about why they're saying the word, what is it they want to communicate, you'll find 50, 50% increase and improvement in their intonation and rhythm of language immediately. Really? It's a natural side effect of that. There's, there's just a way we use our voice if we want to communicate something specific. If you ask someone to say that, say that as if you're trying to defend some, yourself. And suddenly they'll use the right intonation. And then they'll realize maybe that they said it differently to the way they said it before. And then there's a moment of reflection for self-correction and you didn't have to say anything. And, and do you find this, if I may ask, even with people who kind of still have the pronunciation wrong? I mean, I have yeah, because um, I mean, I've, I've got two two clients at the moment, and it's purely pronunciation, right? And of course, they're they're here in Germany, and we're working massively on the W's and the V's and the THs and the common errors, and um, those are tidying up. And now, what I'm hearing much more is that the emphasis on the wrong part of the word. Mm-hmm. Yes. However, if I get them to say a whole sentence where their purpose is clear, they are still easier to understand, even if on one word or the other, the intonation isn't quite right. The flow of the phrase and the whole sentence is clearer. Oh, wow. And suddenly they're easier to understand. Oh, my goodness. But I have to get them away from thinking about what they're saying and into why they're saying it. The why, that's fact. The why, it is. It's purposeful speaking. And whether it's in your own language or in a foreign language, if we just remind our our, our coaches that it, it doesn't, yeah, get them to do it in their own language as well. They'll be far more um, um, more effective. And just to support that that little um, moment that, Actually, my my favorite quote of all, which I have on, I think on the footnote of all my emails, is from Maya Angelou, who wrote, words mean more than is set down on paper. It takes the human voice to infuse them with deeper meaning. Mm. Now, 
you can take that as something deep and literary, but um, uh, every little interaction we have, whether you're asking someone if they would like a cup of tea or, um, I don't know, the sentence like, you didn't make tea then. You didn't make tea then can sound with the wrong nuance, like an accusation. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it could be just, oh, well, you didn't have time. Yeah. But if your purpose isn't clear, it's going to sound, because of the structure of that language, it's going to sound like an accusation. Right. right. And these little moments are happening a lot. Um, and we have to just be more mindful. We'll be far more efficient and effective as coaches. And of course, we're modeling then that for our coaches. Yeah. So if I can just recap, I love a couple of things you've said, well, everything, but one thing where you gave the example of just a simple, give it a go rather than a big long. Yeah. Just give it a go. Give it a go. And then give, and then give them space. And That's one or two people will get on with it. And one or two people will procrastinate or need to take a breath or two. That's okay. Everyone's got their own tempo. Um, it, it's just much harder to feel that across the screen than mm -hmm. when you're in the room. And this is what I needed then to, to sense and work out. But I first needed to teach my coachees more about their own virtual presence mm -hmm. in order for us to communicate well. And, and that was also a little bit about um, thinking about tempo of speech, um, I've got a lot of, I do, a, obviously I've got my voice activator. It's about resonance, it's about tempo, um, good articulation. The thing that's missing with most people with the online um, communication is energy in the voice. And oh my goodness. Everyone sounds tired. And they probably are, but everyone sounds tired. And um so I have all these exercises that I do when I'm sitting. Sit, I, I like to stand and coach, even online. Mm -hmm. But if I'm seated as I am now, I will do little knee lifts. Oh. Or rock my feet. If my feet are on the floor, rock from my heels to my toes. Back lift my, lift my toes and then lift my heels. And just keep that rhythm going while you're talking. And what it does is it activates just some small muscles in the lower abdominal and also helps circulation mm -hmm. and airflow. <clears throat> Excuse me. It helps circulation and it helps the airflow. Mm -hmm. And just imagine that when you breathe in, your air actually falls all the way down to your feet. It doesn't stop here. It doesn't even stop in the bottom <clears throat> of your lungs. It actually flows down into your legs. And you have to do this in order to pump it back up again. And actually, you'll find that the muscles in your legs start to, to work if you just keep doing it. I, I've got so many companies in Frankfurt where I know clients are doing this under the table while they're in meetings. That's I love fantastic. It. But it also releases um, stress and tension in other parts of the body because it takes your mind away from it. It's almost like a little meditative rocking in your feet. Nobody can see you do it under the table. So you're seated and you're just rolling from the ball of your foot, so the heel to the ball and back. Yeah, lift the heel, lift the toes. Lift the heel, lift the toes. 
it's not only good for, 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 for circulation in the legs, but actually if you do it while you're talking, you find slowly that it releases tension that you're holding because we hold tension in the most ridiculous places while we're, have you ever noticed how you hold your knees when you clean your teeth? Yeah. <laughs> Why do we do that? Yeah. And so when we're communicating, especially if there's an element of, um, I don't want to say stress, but yeah, um, stress because you want to achieve something with that communication. We'll start holding tensions in places. And the other one I do is actually to do little figures of eight with your hands. Ooh. Now, this is really good online because, of course, you can take them down below the camera. Yeah. And nobody can see you doing it. Yeah. But if you are, are able to actually keep breathing while you do that with your hands... And you'll find that after a while, if you can get a rhythm going, your breath and your voice starts to follow the rhythm of your hands. And it's a bit, uh, it, and, and all the energy, excess energy that you have just flows out through your fingers. So it's a little bit like some people have fidget balls or, you know, little length, they, they, you see people wobbling their knee mm -hmm. because they need some kind of movement in their body. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's where you take that movement into your own control. You control that movement. And it's got a really meditative, um, soothing effect that also then allows the body to send any stress it has or tension it has into that part of the body that's moving and that can leave you. So this is something you do for yourself when you are the trainer, but also would you recommend that your trainees do this for themselves if they're in Absolutely. I teach it to my trainees, but I do it too. That's a wonderful thing to bring to your trainees because um, they are all and, on and it's a lovely way of distracting. If you've got someone who's nervous, yeah. um, say, "Look, I want you to do do this while you're while you're speaking." Yeah. And the purpose of this exercise is that you do not stop moving your hands. So this is this is what I want you to focus on: is your hands. Now, give me the text, and it's incredible because suddenly the focus on the text and whether it's right leaves and the language flows because they're dancing with their hands. So if they have a presentation or a sort of introduction or a difficult conversation to prepare for, they can. Yeah, absolutely. Just fabulous. Wow. Yeah. I've got much more physical ones as well, mm -hmm. um, which in, involves a, a spinal rotation uh, that you can do seated or standing. Mm -hmm. And uh, and this is part of my what I call my toilet exercises. So if I'm preparing someone to do um, a speech or speak at a meeting, um, whenever I start with someone, they, they, I always say, so what do you normally do before you speak in front of people? And they say, oh, I, I always go to the toilet, to the bathroom. So I say, great. So dare I ask what you do when you're there? <laughs> but, you know, I, I speak into the mirror and, and um, I prepare myself. I said, yeah, but what else do you do to prepare yourself? So I prepared, uh, I've got this routine of, I've got six different exercises for the, for the bathroom, okay. for, the, for the business speaker in their bathroom. And uh, depending on what their needs are, I will give uh, my coaches three exercises to do in the bathroom. So that when they, again, when they go to the bathroom, I'm sure they also need to go to the bathroom, um, but they can actually in that little cubicle, Mm -hmm. without anybody knowing, do some exercises that really will help prepare them, mind, body, and voice. Fabulous. Those are, those are um, great, great ideas. And there are often things, things like this. Yeah. 
Yeah, like the favorites. Usually something that releases the breath. Voice is breath. Breath is voice. We keep coming back to the breath and I'm... Yeah, we keep coming back to the breath, yeah. Trainers, we as trainers don't think about it much. I personally, I think about it because I hear about it in meditation and my personal interests. But as a trainer, you don't often hear someone telling you, okay, what's happening with breath as you train. The um, the most effective uh, 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 trick I have with, um, actually, I have to say with male coaches mm-hmm. is um, what I call the Tom Jones. <laughs> so <laughs> I've got the Tom Jones and the Shakira. And for, for the men, the Tom Jones works, which is basically um, that they imagine they are doing a little hula hoop. So it's, it's, it's literally just... Um, while they're talking, mm-hmm. to, to swivel their hips. Okay, like they're now, playing with the hula. Not, not every man is able to do this because they're quite <laughs> stiff. So first you've got to practice going in different directions. So, but the nice thing about this is if you do this, it doesn't matter, you can do this online. Yeah, they don't yeah. even, nobody has to even show themselves. Yeah. It causes, first it causes laughter. Yes, which is nothing better mm-hmm. than that for relaxing everyone. Mm-hmm. And then if you ask them all to do the text again while focusing on keeping the movement going, it's very difficult to mm-hmm. keep a movement going while you're talking. Uh, you, if, you, if I watch anyone, I ask them to, to, to continue a movement, their focus goes back to what they're saying. They can't keep the movement going. Yeah. And this is this is a blockage. If if it was everything was flowing and the breath was flowing, then the movement really shouldn't be a problem. Okay. You know, I know that my students are good with their language and good with what they're saying when they can keep a, a simple movement going while talking to me. Now, this of course has an impact on how they present themselves physically because that means their body is relaxed and gestures become natural and authentic as well. Mm-hmm. The effect of the hips is amazing. Um, Nearly everyone has a change in pitch in their voice when they're tense, nervous mm-hmm. about talking. Women tend to go even higher than men, but men also tend to, their voices get thinner. When they do this hip swivel, suddenly the lower resonances re- return. Their breath falls back into their lower abdomen and you get these wonderful booming voices come out. And uh, and and often, I mean, I, I'm... I'm try as much as I can to record uh, students, with or without them knowing. I do tell them at the beginning of the coaching that I will record them sometimes without them knowing, but that's just just so I can really show them. Because the moment they know I'm recording, yes. the exercise is out the window, yeah? It's performance yeah. time. And But sometimes with this exercise, the coachee hears it themselves, can hear the difference in their voice. Yeah. And the idea then is uh, to, to keep using this exercise. You can do a figure of eight with your hips. You can do circles. Circles and figures of eights with any part of the body is, is wonderful. It's just, it's eternal. Hence the Shakira. <laughs> this is- well, yeah, that's then, that, that's harder because that's then the rib cage. Ah, okay. That's it's that's a little true. bit more skill, yeah? yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's great for releasing the tension uh, between the shoulder blades, which is where a lot of us have, have that too. Absolutely. Um, but I, I've, I've helped many people with the, the hip thing. Of course, you cannot stand in front of a group of people swiveling your hips. <laughs> well, you can. That <laughs> communicates something very different. <laughs> but to take it away, all, all you need to do is if, if before they talk, bathroom exercise, go to the yeah. bathroom, 
do it with you swiveling your hips and then take the muscle memory of doing it into your situation where you have to talk and just remember that feeling and the muscles. And what happens is the body then starts to do it, but on a minute level, you can just, just feel the movement. It's not visible to the eye, but you can feel that little rotation in your, in your lower spine. Mm-hmm. But it's small, so small, no one can, can, can see it. But you can feel it. You know it's there, and it still has that effect of releasing the muscles and the tension. Amazing. And thus releasing the language skill. Exactly. Again, releasing the language skill. Yeah. And let it flow. So often when people come to me with language or vocal problems, Mm -hmm. there is no problem. There's a blockage somewhere else. Right. Right. Yeah. That's it. And so again, giving the space for that is really valuable. You can, you can unlock, um, yeah, the potential of your, of your, of yourself and your coaches really fast. And there's nothing more encouraging for a coachee when the coach themselves will admit, I need to do this too. This is how I do it for me. Yeah. You admit that you also, you're not, you're not the expert. You're not the, the guru, but you've overcome these problems and this is how you overcome it. Now I'm sharing that with you. There's nothing more motivating than that. Amazing. Yeah. May I ask maybe specifically about issues of confidence? I mean, this is all broadly in confidence as well, but have you ever had anybody who's just so timid or so intimidated? Um, what do you recommend yeah. in those cases? It's probably the most common reason people come to me for coaching. Right. And that's sometimes native speakers. Yeah. Or I'm te- or I am teaching in French or German. Mm-hmm. Their their target language is also their native language. It's purely um, anxiety of speaking in front of people. Mm-hmm. Of course, that grows when it's a foreign language. Right. Um, even even more, we don't have yeah that confidence. Um, I'm going to take us back to breath. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Breath is always the way, if, 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 there's, if there's a tension, you can't breathe. The breath can't flow, which means you also can't think. Mm-hmm. And then when you can't think, you then lose what it was you want to say. And then you're, that's the reason you're terrified in the first place. Right, right. Yeah, so yeah, it's just, key. yeah, it's that. Um, of course, there are people who have lack of confidence about their, 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 their pronunciation and whether they'll be understood. Again, I go back to speak with purpose. Mm-hmm. And again, they hear themselves the difference. Yeah. So um, the only way to overcome fear, the only way to overcome fear is, is practice. Yeah. You have to find a platform and a way where you can practice talking in front of people. It's the only way. You can rehearse with a coach all you like and you can breathe all you like and have wonderful breathing. But until you put it under the stress test, and I've got a couple of stress tests that I can do in class, Mm -hmm. but um, at the end of the day, you have to then do it in front of people and and experience not it not going wrong or, or experience it going wrong and overcoming it. That's key. 
You've got you've that's more yeah. it because things yeah. always go wrong. Yeah. Mm. Of course, your audience doesn't know what was right. So there's a very high chance that if something went wrong, your audience didn't even notice it. Right. Mm. Yeah. They don't know what the script is. Only you know that something went wrong. They think it was great. So experiencing that and having that feedback. And I always recommend um, then really small things. So having to speak for two to three minutes, maybe on a meeting or present something for a couple of minutes um, for one or two of my students is, is, is a massive thing. We'll spend two hours preparing a three-minute moment yeah. in a, an online meeting. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but once, once that goes well, then try to find another opportunity to put yourself in a situation where you can do that again a couple of weeks later. Right. And try and keep a momentum and a regularity. And that it is the only way. And if you don't have that in your work environment, then find something like, like Toastmasters. Yes, or I recommend. A place where you can something. go and, yeah. and, 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 and practice in an environment that is supportive and gives you structure. Um, I've got one client at the moment, it just doesn't work for time. He's He's got a small child mm-hmm. and he needs to be more at home. And, and with the pandemic and stuff, he, it's just not working for him. So he started um, by, um, he reads to his child every evening. And he oh. never done it really with any thought. He just reads, the child needs to be read to. Mm. Um, and then he realized that the child doesn't actually care too much about what the content is doesn't actually care what language is or whether they understand it. And so he started playing with his voice and doing in, in both English and, and his na- native language, German, um, texts um, that meant he had to play with his voice, mm-hmm. play with voices, play with making it more daring and more scary or more playful and just exploring his voice mm-hmm. to see what he could do. And um, I encouraged him to record one of the evenings. And um, a few weeks later, he said he did it and he said it was fun. A few weeks later, he did one that obviously he was really proud of because he wanted to share it with me. That was a big moment. He wanted to share it with me. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, he'd then come up with an idea for um, doing a, um, a social event at his work where they would do a radio play. He'd been inspired by it. And so through doing something creative, he's going to now create his own stage for overcoming his his speaking and using his voice in front of people. So that is just beautiful. The yeah, I was so proud of him. And, yeah. and what our families can lead us through, lead us to even. And exactly. I have several learners that are young uh, fathers as well, mm. and they talk about reading to their kids. And I, I do. I su- suggested um, uh, the room on the broom or yeah. stories with good uh, rhyming. But I'm, yeah. gonna, if I may, I'm going to use that idea and really suggest that they read aloud in English to their children. Yeah, because the the son just thought it was funny because again, the son isn't listening to what you're saying; he's listening to the purpose behind. So you could read instruction manual to a child, yeah. but in a, in a mysterious voice as if the witch is going to come into the forest any minute. Yeah. And for them, their fantasy will take them somewhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it also combats that age old problem of, I don't have time to do my uh, progress work for English. And I say, well, okay, but 
if you're going to spend time with your kid, why not read with them? Yeah. Um, yeah. If I may, I know we're um, getting it's clinical to an hour. I don't want to use your whole afternoon, but if we could go back to this idea of vocal presence and maybe do you have any either top three do's or top three don'ts as a trainer or either mistakes you've seen people make that they really should be aware of or um, the opposite? Yeah. To taking, taking time. Um, I've, I've also been participating in a lot of online coaching, mm-hmm. partly because the, the subject maybe interested me, but also to observe other coaches. Mm-hmm. Great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's a great, that's a tip right there. Register a lot of the, the online coaching for something completely different. So something you wouldn't normally register. You can go on to do, um, there's people doing play readings, but there's also people doing uh, coachings for, for everything under the planet now. It's true, yeah. And um, I like to observe the coaches um, and 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 make notes of what they do well and what they don't do well. And the, the thing that people are still working on is this stillness. Mm-hmm. We only have this little box here, yeah. And within this box. So to be aware of as a coach, if you're in the screen. So virtual presence is a mixture of of visual and voice. If you are filling a third of your screen, you are present. If you are filling less than a third of your screen, you are not present. There is much more of your surrounding space present than you. So when you're thinking, and if you want to be even more present, then you fill half your screen if you want to make a point. Now, if you're that close, every move you make is magnified. So if I went to have a drink now, Mm -hmm. I would probably distract everyone else in the meeting because of this movement. Mm -hmm. If I would like to take a cup, however, I can make myself less present and have a drink, and it wouldn't be as distracting to everyone in the room. But just leaning back, having taking yourself, yourself back to a, maybe a quarter of your screen, all of your movements will be less present. So you can. People say, "Oh, I, I don't want to be watched all the time." In a meeting room, I liken this a little bit. Being in a meeting room, I liken a little bit more to like being in the theatre. When you're in the meeting room, um, there's a lot of things to look at. You can look at your notes, you can look at your phone, most people do, you can look at your coffee, you can look at the person speaking, you can look at the presentation, you can look out the window, you can look at your nail beds, yeah, you can, there's so much you can look at, and everyone is doing that, focus isn't in one place, if you're in the theatre, you can look at the people on stage, you can look at the lights, you can look at the audience, you can look at the set, you can look at your phone, (laughs) Um, but you can look at many other things. It's like being in the meeting room. Now, suddenly on, on screen, it's like you're captive or you feel definitely like you're captive. The camera tells you what to look at, mm-hmm. much more like a film. You do have some control over that. Bring yourself in for a close-up mm-hmm. and you are very present and your presence and what you're communicating will be much stronger. Take it back to a third. That's a nice presence. I'm talking to you now. You can see my hands, but my facial expression is very clear. 
If I go any further back, I blend into the background. It's a lovely listening position. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. So if you want to listen and not be as present, then this is a, a good. And like I said, as a coach, sometimes I will just leave and stand to the side. So that's three or four levels of being present on camera that we have, we should mindfully be controlling the same way we would get close or stand further away from the people in the room. Vocally, tempo, tempo, tempo. We cannot speak at the same tempo as in the room because we don't have the other signals that people need to understand. So keep it calmer, keep it a little slower, use silence. And more than before, I know we have to do this in the room, but more than before, check understanding. Mm, Ask the leading question to make sure that the communication has taken place. Don't just throw out what you want to do and say, okay, off you go. Have someone in the room or give, ask for some sign back that everyone has understood. And that's not a thumbs up. That's some kind of feedback that, to, to repeat. So can somebody tell me what I just asked you to do? Mm-hmm. Practice too. Or what were the three keywords I used in my instruction to you? What are the three things you, you heard me say? Because we don't hear every word. But which three things stuck in your mind when I just gave you the instruction? What do you remember? And then you know whether you've communicated. Right. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Check that. Um, Vocal quality is nice to have. Um, Think about your pitch. If you're a female coach, even in the room, um, we can sometimes be deemed as very high speakers and people say they have difficulty understanding. Um, You can absolutely increase your chest resonances to give you a much more round voice that gives you a natural volume without pushing. Um, um, great way to do this is to chew and hum at the same time. So and really stretch your face at the same time and do that on all different pictures. Just that, if you do that for five minutes and put the timer on, really keep doing it for five minutes. You'll feel a little lightheaded, actually, because it will activate breath. But you'll also feel like you've, like you've had some kind of massage machine going on your chest. It'll tingle everywhere. Wow. And immediately you'll find your voice sits just a little lower, especially if you hum just a little lower than where you think you'd normally speak. Mm-hmm. Literally a semitone lower. Immediately you'll have just stretch and hum and chew. And you've got, you've got yourself a resonance exercise that warms up your voice for a resident, resonant and natural volume on, on your microphone. Which I could imagine would be really powerful for a woman. Let's say you're a trainer and you've got a lot of male energy and a yeah. lot of, I don't want to say bravado in the room or you, you're feeling a bit intimidated by some yeah and you want to go in with some power and some presence and some authority absolutely that definitely helps when most of your clients are male Mm -hmm. the other thing um a little tip from shakespeare um vowels tend to express more emotion 
And consonants tend to communicate um, much more the, the purpose. So if you're really trying to get a point of cross, really aim for hitting the consonants. It will also slow you down. That's another tip for immediately improving pronunciation. They aim for the consonants in the sentence. And that um, just means pronounce them clearly. Just, yeah, just hit them, just aim for them. Like, all I want is a proper cup of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. All, all, see, the emotion is in the all. All I want. Um, very emotional. Wow. Yeah. yeah. All I want is much more zachlich, much more to the point and direct. All mm. I want is a proper cup of coffee. Now, if you really hit every consonant, you cannot speak quickly. So yeah. it's another way of controlling tempo. So depending on what it is you want to express, again, what's your purpose, mm -hmm. you can actually use that as well. And we could go deeper into, I do something called sound scripting, where if you focus on the adverbs ra rather than the nouns, rather than the verbs, you also um, communicate something uh, oh different. Goodness, it's if so you focus on the verbs, you, you give them the feeling of momentum, of, 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 of motivation and movement. Mm -hmm. If you focus and stress the nouns, you paint a picture. Mm -hmm. If you focus on the adverbs, it's much more emotional. That just sounds like so much fun. <laughs> but these are all different ways of developing people's language skills in a different way to focusing on the grammar and the vocabulary and all the things we tend to focus on. Yeah. But I think this is so timely, Tracy, because we are learning, especially because of the situation we're in, we are so much more than language trainers. Mm -hmm. And I think to keep ourselves relevant in this changing society, we need to know that and to know how to harness that mm. to stay relevant because yeah. business people need communication skills. Sure. Yes, and they and right now I think they're all a little overwhelmed with all the other things they have to adapt to, and so um, I'm hearing all the time, oh, we need this, we need this, but they don't yet have always have the time to to engage in it. Right. But as these other new processes um, settle down, um, it will become more and more a priority. It really and will all the better for a language trainer to be aware of that and to be, mm. we can now be honing our skills to be ready for that demand. You know. Use it as your special mm. juice, yeah, um, to set yourself aside as something other than what people would assume is just a language. Right. Yeah. Um, it's communication. Yeah. The whole and not just that one element. So much more rounded than I think what I had thought of traditional communication skills, though, this element mm -hmm. of theater and voice and, and adds so much dimension. Yeah. Yeah, this has been so enriching, Tracy. Deep, deep subject. It <laughs> is. My favorite subject of mine. How yeah. can people get more of you? Where, where would you like them to go if they are interested for their companies or for themselves? If I don't know. Um, What's can communicate with me. I'm contactable through my website, of course. Um, I'm also, also on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Tracy Gray, G-R-E-Y. 
G-R-E-Y, that's right. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm always happy to to speak to companies. I mean, sometimes I'll be honest. Sometimes people come to me with with a, with a with a goal, and I'm not their coach. Mm-hmm. I know I'm not their coach, but I usually know who I can forward them to. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm good to uh, co- communicate with other coaches because if if I know other great coaches as well, then I can also offer um, my clients the the right coach for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm always happy to um, uh, work with other coaches on improving their delivery, <clears throat> or with companies who want their their communication and their performance in this this new space to be uh, effective. Because we we still need to move forward in business. We can't just put this on on ice. If if we're not effective, if we're not present in this Zoom space, in this online pl- space, mm-hmm. then we have no power. <clears throat> excuse me. We have no power to influence our careers, to really effectively do our jobs and fulfill our roles for our companies. Mm-hmm. So nobody should underestimate this. This is about also our futures, not just dealing with now. It's about progression. It's about development. And um, like I said, in the next decade, this skill um, will be one that human resources are looking for. That's it. Listen up, people. (laughs) Listen, trainers, because I think you're offering us real words of wisdom. And Tracy, you do your training in English, in French, and in German, if needed. I do work in all three languages, yeah. Obviously, I'm native speaker English. My German is extremely fluent, yeah, now after uh, 22 years of living here and working in the language. And <clears throat> I've been a French speaker since I was a teenager, and um, I work uh, in French as well. I have uh, um, a few French clients. Fantastic. Um, working both in French and in English. I do find it really useful if I'm working with um, French speakers, just the fact that I understand their language Mm-hmm. So I understand where their difficulties are coming from right. because I know the rhythm and I know the pronunciation that that is is native to them, um, which is, I think is probably something quite different that I can offer because I can do that in German as well. And um, that helps with European-wide com- companies, means I can work in, for them in several different offices, which is nice. That's yeah. brilliant. But you yeah. have just offered us just such a wealth of information and tips and Really, I use the expression a lot, but food for thought, it really is yeah. super, super food for thought. So I thank you and would love to Thank you for back. the invitation and <laughs> great to see you again. Really nice to see you. Yeah. And yeah, this was, this was fun. Thank you. It's brilliant. So all the best. And thank you. hope to have you again on the ESL break. Room. Anytime. Anytime. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us in the Business Class ESL Breakroom, the podcast designed to bring business English trainers useful ideas, inspiration, and conversation that motivates. Follow us on Instagram at business underscore class underscore language and subscribe to the ESL Breakroom playlist on Spotify, Deezer, or Apple Music for new episodes. See you next time.